0: alive he's here and he's alive (laughs) and yeah that was really really amazing most crazy experience ever and then i felt like i did it it's over he's out i did it and then it was all about him for a couple of hours and that was magical
1: welcome to the positive birth story podcast a world of empowered birth stories I am Åsa Holstein, a Swedish midwife, a healthcare entrepreneur and a very proud mother of three beautiful teenagers ages 13 through 19. What I know for sure is that it truly matters how we give birth. Other things in life I'm increasingly unsure about, but are working hard to let go and to trust the process. The exact same thing that helped us cope with birth. In this episode we will meet Emilia that shares her beautiful and very funny birth story. And it's a story about an epidural becoming the total game-changer for her experience. This is a podcast with women for women. Emilia, welcome to the Positive Birth Story podcast. Thank you very much. It's really great to have you here. You have a mother that is a midwife too. I do. Yeah, she's a colleague of mine. And uh, I'm so curious to know how this affected you before and during pregnancy.
0: A lot. I didn't have the benefit of living in the same city uh, as my mom. But of course, she was very present in all stages. Uh, She was also the first one that I wanted to tell uh, after I told uh, the father uh, of my child. And uh, she was actually uh, at uh, the maternity ward. Uh, is that how you say it? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, when she picked up, uh, she also said that, are you going to tell me something special now? Because it's really not the right time. <laughs> to, because to, she was to working. Call. She was yeah. working. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then um, one of her colleagues said that maybe she's going to tell you that you're going to become a grandmother. <laughs> and I said, yes, <laughs> that's what I'm going to tell you. So it was also quite special that when I told her she was actually at work, uh, helping. Other women to, to give birth, so she was very present uh, throughout the stages. Uh, at times, it was also challenging and difficult because there's not exactly the same kind of methodology in thinking in Brussels where where I'm living and also where I was pregnant and where I gave birth. Mm. So, from so, the Swedish way of handling pregnancy and yeah, childbirth, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not so much pregnancy, but uh, but but childbirth. And how you look upon pain relief and from pushing positions to a to whole lot of things. So there were at times during the pregnancy when I was very confused. Uh, because, of course, my instincts told me to listen to my my mother. Mm. Just because she's my mother, but also because of her profession. Uh, but at the same time, she would not be there. I would not be in her hands uh, when, when I gave birth. So... I had to try and find strike a balance between uh, the person that I had entrusted to me in Brussels, which was my uh, gynecologist, uh, and her advice and thinking. Um, to, at times, it was, it was challenging. Mm. So it was uh, always I was always certain that I would do it, and I was also certain that I would would manage. My husband is also has two kids. The previous relationship, so he was very confident. He was very much uh, of the idea that he has done this before, there is nothing to learn, it's going to be tough, we just have to find a way to manage and just to pull through. That was a bit his uh, approach to things. And
1: Was this a support for you or was it annoying with his pre-knowledge? Because this was your first pregnancy and birth.
0: Yeah, I was say both, uh, yeah. That it was reassuring because mm-hmm. he downplayed it a lot mm. that uh, it's gonna happen. Yeah, it's gonna be tough, but it's gonna be over, and at the end, we're gonna have our baby. But I also felt that he didn't have the same need to discuss, and I really wanted to discuss a lot. So it was both it was both um, positive and negative. But there, I had my mom, luckily. Mm. So Did that, you
1: have any feeling of having to live up to his expectations of birth?
0: from his previous experience? Um, Not at all. Um, I knew that his previous experiences were quite tough.
1: Mm.
0: I knew that he felt very excluded. I know that he felt helpless and that this was just something that he had to go through. That's really how uh, I sort of perceived his uh, perception and expectation. So actually, I just felt that it's going to be better than that that he's going to be way more included because I'm going to include him. I also, for a long time, tried to convince him that he would receive uh, Julius when, when he came out. Uh, but then at, at some point I realized that he, he didn't want to, so I didn't push that far. But I just knew that it would be better and it would be different. Mm. So no, I didn't feel any pressure or I didn't feel that I had to live up to any certain expectation.
1: And um, how would you
0: describe yourself as a person?
1: All oh, difficult. I
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> very difficult. Uh, I would say that I'm quite calm, a bit shy. Um, I have very strong control needs. But somehow in this context, I really felt, it was also a bit of a relief that there were some things that were out of my control and I just ha- had to find a way to let go and quite early on the pregnancy really got me uh, I came to realize that there this is a way out of my control and this pregnancy is going to happen it's going to proceed uh, and eventually it's going to result in birth and there's not much I can do to change it but I can work on my perception and uh, my approach so uh, bring us back to the moment when you realized that birth was on. So know um, my uh, my partner, uh, he had been away for work for a couple of days. And this is all something that he does uh, once per month. So it's very much, it's a regular thing and I'm used to it. But when he was leaving this time, and at this stage we were two weeks ahead of due date, um, it was awful when he left. And it was not because I was fearing that the birth would start when he was gone because he also took the car and he would be able to be back in four hours. So I was not afraid that he would miss out. But it was just horrible to separate from him. Uh, I, I cried almost for a day when he left. It was horrible, that separation. And I thought about him constantly. I couldn't focus at work. Uh, we talked uh, every evening and FaceTimed. And uh, I was basically obsessed with him. And when he came back, uh, on, this was a Thursday evening. Uh, I couldn't let go of him. I was literally eating him up. I just, I was just clinched to him. Couldn't let him go. I was so happy that he was back. So in the morning, the Friday morning, I woke up just before my alarm. Uh, so this was also my last day at work. So I was definitely not planning on giving birth. This day was, was a bit earlier than expected. Uh, I woke up by this uh, pain in the lower belly, um, very much similar to period pain. And then I was so happy. I Oh, is this it? Is this it? And then I realized, no, I can start. It could be weeks away. Uh, so I, I was really like crossing my fingers, like, let's hope this is the first contraction. And then it went away. And I thought, okay, let's get on with the day. It's not going to happen today. So then I tried to get dressed, and then it happened again. Uh, so they were quite uh, intense. Uh, they came quite often already in the beginning. Um, and then I started to think, okay... It might, it might be closed. It might be a matter of days, not weeks. I tried to have breakfast. Didn't work. It always works. Then I thought again, okay, something is really uh, happening. Uh, I go back to bed. Um... And this was also uh, in the house that we were living in. So my uh, my partner was in bed, but also my parents-in-law were there because they were they were helping me with uh, my uh, husband's two older kids. So they had been there when he was away at work. So it was a full house. So I went back up to bed just to get some peace and quiet and trying to... Uh, Did re- you tell anyone about the sensations you had? No, oh. I didn't dare to. Oh, so you kept quiet. I kept quiet. And actually both... Uh, both um, Parents of my uh, of my uh, husband, they asked me, "Are you really okay, Emilia?" And I was shit. They can they can see in my face. I'm not hiding it well. I have to go and hide. <laughs> so I went upstairs, and then uh, the only person I dared to tell was actually my mom. So I called mom. Mm-hmm. Mom, it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> and then she also told me, yeah, it, it, it's, it's possible that it started, but it's also very likely it has not started. So just take a moment, don't go to work, stay home, just breathe. And I also started the, the app, and um, The contraction app. (laughs) The contraction app, yeah. (laughs) Um, And that was also a good distraction to keep track of it. Um, So I think by then the contractions came maybe once every 10 minutes or something. I think this is so funny. So you went into
1: hiding... Uh, and I only called your mom, your uh, midwife mom, and didn't tell anyone. No. <laughs> no. Because why? Were you afraid that they would stop if you told someone about
0: them? Or? I was afraid that it wouldn't happen. I was afraid I would jinx it, oh. I think. <laughs> and also, I wanted to be by myself. I, I think a bit like animal-like. I just wanted to go and hide. I didn't want to alert anyone. I wanted to be by myself. Jeroen was in the bed, so eventually I had to tell him. But I could have waited. Mm. Uh, with telling him Uh, i also think i felt a little bit responsible then for for their reactions and what would happen and then that all eyes would turn on me i think i didn't want the attention Mm. but of course i wanted the advice so that's why i called called my mom and first i i i patted his face and i said sweetie um i think i will stay home today and he said hell yes, let's stay home, let's relax and just take it easy today. So, yeah, but it's, it's also because it might be that uh, he's coming today. Huh? And then I had to t- tell him three times. I, 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 it could, it could, I don't know, it could have started. And then he's like, oh, shit. And also I knew he would react this way. So that could also be the reason why I didn't tell him because then he just flew out of bed. I was like, shit, where are my clothes? And his reaction was also, I think, um, it was just about him. Like, I haven't packed. And then I I think also somehow I was like, okay, I'm going to just let him do his thing. He's not going to be part of my bubble just yet because he has his own issues to deal with. Uh, And I also had a Pilates ball and that I had prepared I had a lot of visions of what would happen. So this would be the long phase. Uh, we ha- also have a bathtub very close to, to our bed. I would take a long, nice bath. I started looking with bit on Spotify, what music I wanted to listen to. I had my mom on speed dial, and then basically I just tried to breathe. And by then everything was fine. So I would say now it's probably eight o'clock, so it's one one hour in. But then it started to get pretty tough. Uh, I I spoke to mom again. uh, They were more intense. She also helped me through some contractions. And that was lovely.
1: Mm, She talked to you. I'm getting goosebumps. She talked to you through
0: the contractions? Oh, yeah, she guided me. And those (laughs) were still the contractions I remember the best and the best ones. Oh, that was so lovely. But then I also realized that she was not there. Because she was in Stockholm. She was in Stockholm. Mm. She was. um, She was planning on coming on that Monday, and hopefully she would be there. So she she was late. (laughs) In the end, she was not there. And then I panicked. How am I going to do this without her? Uh, What have I gotten myself into? And then it really started to hurt. And and then I tried to remember what she had uh, taught me. She tried to stay on the phone, but then of course I think she also realized that it's going to happen uh, within. Maybe 24 hours. So basically, she said uh, after 30 minutes, let's hang up now for a little while. I'm going to have a look at when uh, the next flights are. I will speak to your father and then we will see if we can come today.
1: (laughs) I'm like, okay, okay, do it quickly. (laughs) And call me afterwards. I can see her, I can picture her, very mm. midwife-like. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> very calm. And uh, Yeah, she really entered uh, entered that role, I think, because she also told me afterwards that she had just gotten out of the shower, she was in her bath, or I think she was going to work at, yeah. at one or something. Because I, I
1: can tell you she was not in the mommy role. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. And then uh, she has told me afterwards that when she hung up, she was like, Oh! She started to cry. Yeah, yeah, panicked, panicked. <laughs> and she called my father. Oh, it's happening, and we are not there. How are we gonna do this? And then I think she called me back. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> How are we? Are we in the breathing zone? That's so, yeah, it's so, a
1: midwife's she- trick of the trade. Until mm. you make it.
0: <laughs> mm, very much so. So And then I think I moved to the, the Palazzo Bowl. Uh, and that was really the best moment, I think, for the, uh, the, the, the first uh, phase. I was sitting there. That was what I wanted. I just wanted to close my eyes. Jeroen, I, I think, was coming and passing. And also my mother-in-law somehow, of course, found out that something was happening mm. upstairs. Because, and how was that? Uh, disturbing. Because she was very excited and uh, very happy. She was also crying. But I couldn't take that in she was like, today he's coming. You're going to become a mom now, Emilia. How amazing is this? And that was just far beyond my imagination. For me, it was just my body, my pain. And how am I going to survive this without my mom and without guidance? I'm on my own here. So I just wanted her to disappear because I couldn't share that joy. For me, then I had, had already the excitement of the fact that I realized that the birth had started was way way behind me i was not happy and excited anymore i really started to understand what kind of work you you Uh, were moving into active labor
1: yeah So, so where did you find the power to be calm and you know just go into the the contractions
0: uh, with my mom. Uh, so we, we were on and off the phone mm. uh, for, for two hours. Uh, the best phase that I remember was I was sitting on the ball. I had her uh, and I, I put the phone away. So she she was there on speaker and I was just rolling the ball and she was helping me to breathe. And, and then everything worked. And then we actually found a really good uh, thing going. And then then I felt like, okay, I can do this. This is gonna work. And then, yeah, Jeroen came with some coffee and some sandwiches, and, ugh, and it just smelled. And he wanted to enter the zone. And then it's like, what can I do? Yeah, okay, you can rub my back a bit. Uh, and then he rubbed my back, but it was just he just interrupted the whole thing that we had going on. So he left the room. So I was doing that with my mom, but then eventually it started to hurt a bit too much I, I couldn't be on the ball so we, we hung up and I think also when we hung up uh, that was also part I lost this thing that we we had going on on the ball the spin the breathing uh, guidance that she provided you uh, with it oh. yeah that was gone and then Yron was really stressed he couldn't really control his uh, nervosity and mm-hmm uh so did he, this affect you yeah I did because he really wanted to go to the hospital mm, okay. Nervousness is contagious.
1: Mm. Yeah, it is. (laughs) All feelings are contagious during birth, Mm. in ordinary life too, but especially during birth.
0: Especially, yeah. Mm. yeah. So, And he really wanted to go to the hospital. And what my mom had told me, and also what I've heard from many stories, is that you have to stay home for a long time. And I didn't want to go in the car. I didn't want to be rejected. I just wanted to go back to this nice bubble that I had on the ball with my mom. But then of course I hadn't packed the bag. I had packed the baby stuff, but I hadn't packed my own because I wanted to wear those clothes uh, during the last weeks of pregnancy. So I just thought I would do that later. Uh, And then of course my uh, mother-in-law came up again. And then she was also stressed because I was in a lot of pain. And I think I also started to make a lot of noises. And again, we had to go. Like, No, we don't have to go. Let's let me be. And uh, then we made a compromise. Um, um, so I wanted to have, I needed to have a bath. I had never taken a bath in this bathtub because we just moved into this house a couple of months before. But I was going to take a bath. So I'm not leaving the house before I have had this bath. Oh. <laughs> so then, uh, you know. The, okay. I love that.
1: <coughs> it becomes like a fixated idea that yeah. you, you need to have a bath yeah. in this
0: bathtub before leaving. Yeah, the ball, the bath. Okay, I did the ball, but I still had the bath left. So then we, we made a conference. And said, okay, so if I prepare this bath, you go in the bath, after that we go to the hospital. Okay, after that we go to the hospital. And now I think it's 9, 30, 10 or something like that. Uh, so then he made the bath uh, and then I was in a lot of pain and I started losing control. So I thought, let's go in the bath. So I think it was, it was only half full when I went into the bath because I was starting to panic a bit. I needed pain relief. I mm. needed something to focus on. I was sure the bath would help. I went into the bath. I stayed in the bath for two contractions, which was then I think uh, every every minute. So I didn't really have time to breathe in between. Yeah. To yeah. Mm. Mm. And then you know, it's like, so that's enough. Now you up, up and then he just pulled me up. <laughs> I was, of course, naked and uh, then I let go. I just felt like this is beyond me now. I've lost control. We have to go to the hospital. But then I needed help. So he he completely dried me up. Uh, but was that
1: a good feeling? Oh. Like,
0: because you, it sounds like you surrendered. Okay. Uh, okay. Somehow yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also tried to remember uh, that what I had prepared that it, the only thing I know for sure is that it's not going to be as I expected it. And maybe it's it's not a long face. Uh, and I need help now. Uh, mm. My mom is not here. I need help. I need guidance. I didn't feel that, because Jeroen didn't feel safe at home. He was so stressed. He would not provide provide me with what, what I needed. And I couldn't stand uh, his parents <laughs> coming up in our room. So that was also part of me agreeing to leaving the house that I would I would get away from, from them a bit. <laughs> Um, So So uh, by now you had worked with contractions for what? Two, two, three hours? Two, three hours, yeah. Yeah. And by then, yeah, so then I needed help Mm -hmm. to getting dressed. And then I I know that I was screaming because I remember when I was going down the stairs, I saw my father-in-law and we are close. They they stay with us often and I feel very comfortable with them. But I still remember that I felt like uh, I was screaming out loud. And he was standing there next to me, and I really screamed from the top of my toes. And I thought, this would normally be a bit embarrassing. What am I doing? (laughs) I'm standing here screaming in front of my father-in-law. But I really don't care. I really, really don't care. (laughs) I couldn't care less, because the only thing that exists now is my body and and this contraction. Uh, And then we were going out um, to the car, and I didn't know how to position myself in the car. Uh, I couldn't sit, so I stood on, on uh, my knees and my hands. But then Were you in off. the back seat or in the front seat? In the back seat? seat. Oh, smart. In the back yeah. seat. Um, and we had practiced the routes, but we, what we had not prepared for was that there could be traffic. Mm. So we ended up in a traffic jam. In
1: Brussels.
0: In Brussels, yeah. So this was then maybe 10 30, I think. And eventually it actually took us 40, 50 minutes to get to the to the hospital, and this was the worst worst part of the whole uh, experience. So, how did you
1: ca- handle the contractions in the backseat of the car? You were on all fours.
0: Yeah, but did then you I move your body, or did you did you breathe, or can you even remember what you did? Yeah, and I I I couldn't manage. At all. By then I had completely lost control and I entered full panic mode Mm. because then I think I I also knew that we were going somewhere where I would get help. So I think I also let go of the responsibility a bit that we were on our way. It was just a matter of time before someone else would take over uh, this responsibility uh, that I was carrying. But we were in the car, and um, I felt really nauseous standing on my hands. That, that's the most comfortable position I could think of, but I was really nauseous when we were going. So then I had to sit, and that was also horrible. So I had to choose. I think I was going a bit up and down, mm. being in pain, being nauseous, being in pain, being nauseous. And Jerome, he was driving the car. He was driving the car. Could he coach you? Uh, or was he too stressed? No, he was too stressed. Mm. And he was so stressed about the traffic, the mm. traffic jam that we got into.
1: Did you call your mom now?
0: No, no. No, I, I, no, I couldn't. You were beyond that. Way mm. beyond that. Mm. And here, I think, at uh, maximum, there was one minute between the contractions. So there was no rest time. Mm. I was basically just uh, realizing it was gone. And then I started to fear when the next one would come. So I think I was, I was tense the whole time. I never really relaxed. I also remember that uh, when we were in the... And I realized that it was a traffic jam because I was standing on my four, And I also remember at one point that I was looking out through the window and I saw other people... In their cars? <laughs> looking, looking back at, at me. And I was just like, what are you doing? Pull over. I'm giving birth here. Get out. Get away. How can you just sit there and just be so relaxed? Why are you not helping us to move this vehicle forward? <laughs> And then I also realized that this is really bizarre, Uh, but I don't care. I couldn't care less. And I was also at some point, I remember I was rocking the chair. I was sitting behind Jeroen. I was rocking the chair because I was so frustrated and angry and in pain. And I remember that Jeroen, he was almost crying. I'm doing what I can. I'm driving the fastest I can. It's oh, very to, frustrating. You have to trust me, sweetheart. I'm doing what I can. We will get there. And he's a very calm person, so he doesn't often freak out. And then I also realized that, okay, he's doing what he can. Okay, I just have to find a way. So we just slide into the emergency. Uh, we don't park the car. You don't just put the car, I think, uh, where the ambulances are which I don't think you're allowed to. And when we entered, uh, we, I can also tell from the staff that they also thought that th- this The baby was, was coming. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they were running. They, they ran to get a wheelchair. And they were driving me up to the maternity ward. And while driving me up to the elevator, we hit um, a door. Uh, so I think they, they were also nervous yeah, uh, driving the chair. Mm-hmm. They were also running with the chair. But then I felt, I get like, oh they they get it, they know <laughs> how much pain I'm in. So from then I actually started to relax because then I felt I'm in hands now, uh, other people's hands. They will take care of me, they're professionals, they understand what I'm going through. So after that, I really felt now it's going to be okay.
1: Good, this is what I'm always talking about. It's so important with the surrounding that mm. you feel safe. Like you described when you were sitting on the Pilates ball and talking to your mom on the phone, mm. well, she was in Stockholm and you were in Brussels, that uh, if you don't feel safe, it's so hard to relax and contractions become so painful and you lose your breathing and everything becomes like this panic mode. Mm. So you need, you, know, you need all the people around you to support mm-hmm. you and guide you and help you stay calm and focused.
0: And those people also need to be calm. Focused.
1: Yes, and of course. Stressed. That's why you need to choose your birthing partners. Yeah, it's yeah. maybe hard to choose your partner that you have
0: conceived with. <laughs> yeah, because, because they must be <laughs> yeah. it must be horrible. Yeah, really horrible. I would uh, never want to change roles ever. No, it's really hard to be a birthing partner, uh,
1: especially if if a woman is uh, freaking out because of pain. It's mm. if you're not used to seeing women in that, you know, and you don't really know what to do.
0: So, yeah. so you arrived at the hospital. Arrived <clears> at <throat> hospital, and they understood the. The emergency yes. you were in. It <laughs> did. So, Emilia got into a room, uh, and then this wonderful woman entered. And then she just uh, very like gently touches my leg. hello, Emilia. I see that you're in a lot of pain. Before anything, I just want to ask you: How do you look upon pain relief? Epidural. Okay. And she examined me. And she she gives me um, the verdict that I'm uh, dilated a centimeter and a half. And I had been dilated a centimeter already a week before when I went to the last uh, visitation of my gynecologist.
1: All these strong, fierce contractions
0: had dilated you...
1: Half a centimeter. Half a centimeter. Mm. And
0: what happened with you mentally then? I uh, felt like walking out the door. Like, Mm. no, no. It can't get worse than this. And if this didn't give any result, no, I'm not gonna I'm go. Done. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna go th- through eight and a half centimeters more. No, no. But then she was so lovely because she saw my desperation. I was really, yeah, saying swear words like, "That's not possible. It's not possible." And then she said that, "But uh, your cervix is paper thin. You're really." Uh, d-. She, she she made me realize that this one and a half. Doesn't mean anything. You're really far gone. It's, mm. it's going to happen. Mm. It's going to go so quickly from now on. Uh, it's just going to melt. <laughs> it's mm. just going to melt. Mm. You you have done a great job. I also put this in my my birth plan letter. Just tell me how how uh, good I am. <laughs> so, good. <laughs> <laughs> so she did. So then actually uh, only five minutes later, this miracle man enters, and he gives me an epidural. The guy with the needle. Yeah. The guy with the needle. <laughs> <laughs> And I didn't understand why he was so careful, and I I had to sit still and um, really give him the time to work on putting that needle in, and it was really like, I don't care. It it cannot possibly hurt more than it does right now, so just put that needle in. But it did, and it worked actually, uh, I think, on the first attempt. And then the bird started to sing, I realized it was sunny outside. I had a really nice room with a good view. I was realizing that this is the day that my son is going to be born. so that was a beautiful moment, and I could relax. My whole body was just so content. Uh, By then, Yerun was parking the car and taking care of all the paperwork. It was just me and this wonderful woman. I wanted to kiss the hands of the the anesthesiologist. I said, thank you, thank you, thank you for doing this for me. (laughs) And he was just like, yeah, it's my job. And then his phone called. No, we need to do it for someone else. I said, yes, go, go, run, help her. No, <laughs> was really lovely. And then, uh, of course, I felt a bit tired. So I thought I would, would sleep a bit. And the epidural in Belgium is a little bit more heavy. Uh, then, um, it Were is you annoyed. able to walk? No. No, no. so okay. So and it's... she had also informed me that uh, that uh, as of the moment that you get to Epidol, you will be based in bed. So time-wise, we entered the hospital, I think, at 11.30, so now it's just before 12. I see my gynecologist who comes in, because in, in Belgium uh, your gynecologist is present at birth, but she's only present at the actual pushing phase. So basically she came to examine me, she spoke to the midwife... Uh, and then she said uh, that, yeah, I will see you in a couple of hours, but preferably after seven, because I have some other patients to see before you in my practice.
1: After seven o'clock or seven centimeters dilation? I'm oh, sorry,
0: seven o'clock, <laughs> okay. 7 p.m. <laughs> so this was, yeah, around noon. So see you in yeah. seven hours, basically. Okay. It, w- it would be good if you could wait until 7 p.m., because then I don't have to, to cancel any any patients.
1: So, so tell me a little bit more about the sensation you got in the body after receiving the epidural. What mm-hmm.
0: happened with the... The pain and the contractions? Uh, The pain was gone. Mm. I felt, I've never felt as uh, relieved or relaxed ever. It was like after receiving a two, three hours full body massage. So, so relaxed. I could feel the uterus um, contracting. I felt uh, the pressure, but it was just there. And it was actually relieving to also feel that it's, it, it continued, even mm. though I was not suffering. So I still felt my body working, but I was fully at peace with it and so content, mm. so happy, so content. And even though I had pain relief, I, I, I felt at most in contact with my body for the first time during the whole, uh, since, since the birding uh, started. Actually, when I got the pain relief, I could feel every little centimeter of my body and I was happy.
1: Mm, you kind of returned back to yourself then. Yeah, mm. exactly.
0: I entered my body again. Mm. Mm.
1: So um, the pressure you were mentioning—did you feel that prior to getting the epidural, or was that a sensation that came after the epidural? It came after the epidural.
0: Mm. I didn't. I was not aware about that before.
1: No. Mm. You know what it is with pain is that there is just—you can only feel <laughs> one sensation of pain, mm. and the pain from the contraction overrules the pressure from the baby's head so when you take away the pain from the contractions then you feel the pressure that's been there all the time oh, really? yeah so so the pressure is there but when you have the contractions they overrule that pain so that's why when you get the epidural it will relieve the pain from the contractions it will instead give you that sensation of the baby's head pressuring down so that's good to be aware of hmm? because yeah. some women think that you get the epidural and you will feel nothing but that's not true. You will feel the pressure from the baby's head. And I really enjoy that pressure. Oh, you did? Oh, oh, good. Because some women just do not like it because it's, you know, it's a pressure also towards the rectum. So you have the sensation of you needing to go to the toilet and poop.
0: Yeah. By then, I I, I didn't have that. I started to realize what kind of day it was. By then, I also knew that my parents were were on their way. My mom and my dad were both on on the way to the airport, so I knew they were coming. Mm. Um, So it was a
1: game changer for you to get the Oh,
0: It was the best thing. For me, it was a way to return back to my body, to give away for the contractions, to feel the whole work continuing, to agreeing to it, to welcoming it. And then it's 12 o'clock and by 2 o'clock I was fully dilated. So after I got to the epidural, for me it was a complete game changer. It's, it's really the right uh, term to call it. For me that changed everything. I relaxed and I dilated. And um, when did you realize it was time for, for your son to be born? Actually I didn't because I almost fell asleep. And I thought uh, that, yeah, I was so content in my body, so I just thought I just dozed away. And then uh, they came to examine me then around 2 o'clock, and they said I was fully dilated. And then they asked Jeroen where the the baby clothes are. And then I was a bit like, ho, ho, Uh, that's not necessary. There's no baby coming uh, before 7, because that's what we decided (laughs) with Dr. Markovic, my gynecologist. There's no need to prepare. And I felt that the whole Atmosphere in the room changed. Probably that they told me that I was fully dilated, but I can't remember this. I just felt that the whole atmosphere in the room changed and a little bit of stress entered the room. Mm-hmm. I felt uh, again that I lost control a little bit because I was so happy with this feeling in my relaxed body. And I didn't, I, I thought I would feel that he would really calm down, that he would move inside, but that I re- actually didn't feel. So maybe there is a difference between the epidurals here and uh, in in Belgium.
1: Yeah, I think uh, with all epidurals, if you have the epidural, it's really hard to feel the baby descending. Mm. A sensation that you can have if you don't have an epidural, you can can really feel the baby descending uh, down the birth birth canal. Or not because of too many contractions and too much Uh, other pain. So it's super individual.
0: Okay. And then they told me that uh, I could start to push... Uh, it was quite a crowded room by then, uh, so it was... Uh, and how was that? Um, at first, it signaled to me that maybe not everything was as the way it should be, because I know that in Sweden you have your midwife uh, and maybe uh, a sub-nurse. Yeah, a midwife helper. Midwife mm-hmm. helper, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but then I also remember that, okay, this is... Belgium Uh, this is how it's supposed to be this is this means that it's it's just time to push this means that my baby's going to come and I was grateful for having so many there to look after me and to help me experiencing this thing that I did for the very first time and they were also very well oiled team they knew each other from before and then um, the, the physiotherapist had a hand on my uh, uterus. and She helped me to keep track of the contractions to so know when to push. Uh, the midwife and the midwife helper were helping to hold my legs. Uh, so I had my legs in 90 degrees and they held their hands um, against my heels. I
1: just want to clarify what the, the physiotherapist was doing. She was... Um, Touching your uterus to feel when the uterus, the muscle, started to contract. And then you know, okay, the uterus is contracting. (laughs) It's getting hard. You can start to push.
0: Mm, Exactly. So we uh, developed this kind of eye contact because uh, I also felt the pressure. So when Mm -hmm. I felt the pressure, I looked at her and she gave me a nod. And then I knew now I could start to push. And that was hard work. It is really, really
1: hard physical work. Especially the first baby that makes the way for the siblings. (laughs) Uh, It's the first time that you know the whole birth canal and the vagina expands and opens up in that way. So yeah, it's for most women, first baby,
0: really hard work. It's amazing that it's possible. Mm -hmm. It's insane what you're doing. That's also actually what my gynecologist said, like, Emilia, you're rolling out the red carpet now. You're making the way for the next baby. The next time, it's not going to be this difficult. <laughs> Think about the next time. Was it helpful? <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh, it was. Okay. But I still couldn't get my mind around the fact that he was actually coming out because I didn't feel anything uh, around the opening of the vagina. Mm. I, I I couldn't feel that he was. I couldn't feel the head coming in and out. They told me that they could see the head, mm. but I could not feel it. Did you ever feel his head? Did you feel
1: between your legs? Did they ask you to do that? No. Nah. Because that's um, if if you listen to this and you get this kind of heavy epidural and you get the same sensation as you describe, one way to get it more real is to actually take your hand and feel in between your legs mm. because then you feel the baby's head and then it's more like okay, okay, the baby is right down there. I feel it. <laughs> it's happening. It's kind of hard to you know get your hand around your belly, but it, but it's definitely doable.
0: <laughs> now when we said it, they, they actually asked me oh, if they I did. wanted to. Yeah. And I think I said no.
1: I, I, many women say no, because it's such a, no, I don't want to feel the baby's head. But mm. it is um, it is good in that sense that you really get a receipt that, okay, the baby's head is
0: down there. I mm. don't feel it, but it is down there.
1: Mm. <laughs> it's coming soon.
0: <laughs> that was weird, because I, I think I put that even in my birthing letter, and also that I wanted to receive him. Mm. Since I tried. I, I failed in convincing, you don't to receive him. I said, mm. okay, then I want to receive him. Mm. Uh, and... Um, then they told me okay, but now now it is happening. He, he is coming now, Emilia. You have to be prepared. And then I got scared. Like, no, 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 I don't, want, I, I don't dare to. I, I, I changed my mind. I don't want to receive him because then I felt it was so precious. I don't want to hurt him. I was I sorry. Then I had a moment of um, when I was really scared. And uh, then, but my uh, giant college is quite tough. And that, that's what, what I need um, at, at moments of, of, uh, of fear. Um, so she said, So, Emilia? Can I have your hands? Now you look at me. Give me your hands. Here. Yeah. And then she helped me. And then I could see the head. And I was really like, what? What is that head doing there? <laughs> uh, and then I think he had his um, his his shoulders uh, were halfway out. Because she helped me. I remember that I really, really had to like force my uh, fingers in uh, under the, um, the in armpits. The, in the armpits. Uh. And then she said that the next contraction, he's going to come. And I said, "Should I pull?" No, no, no. You just push, and it's gonna come out. And I was, oh, I, I don't think I've ever been so nervous in my whole life. It was really like being in a, in a roller coaster, just you know, on, on the tipping point. And we were just waiting for the next contraction to come. And I saw him. <laughs> I think that's that's the, the most intense. Uh, and memorable uh, seconds of my life when uh, when the, net, when the, the contractions uh, finally came, and he's
1: uh, halfway out, and, and you're you're waiting to pull him out,
0: pull him out, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it finally it happened, and he came out, and he came out so easily, <laughs> his little body, and it was just so shocking because then I could see he came out of me, that head came out of me, and I pulled him up. And I wanted to pull him all the way up, but of course the, the cord was not long enough. <laughs> like, don't, don't push, don't push, you can put him here on your back. And then when he came out, his, his face was, was closed and his mouth was uh, completely closed. So I thought he was dead. So for two seconds I thought that he was not alive. So it was you know, going from, from this fear and then this complete excitement and shock to fear. He's not alive. Like, yeah, he's alive. No, he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> uh, and then he started to scream. He's not dead. He's alive. And I was looked at him. He's alive. He's he's here and he's alive. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that was really, really amazing. So amazing. The most crazy experience ever. And then I felt like I did it. It's over. He's out. I did it. And then... I'm a mother, and then the the focus uh, changed completely. I'm a mother, he's here. And then I I, I didn't think about the whole process of giving birth until, I think, in the evening again. So he's born at 2.50 PM. So after 40, 50 minutes of pushing, he was out. And then it was all about him for a couple of hours, and that was magical.
1: Despite the pretty horrific car ride in the traffic jam, uh, this is a very positive experience for you.
0: Very. And what do you think made it into such a positive experience? I think the epidural helped a lot for me because that's when I, I uh, got back into my body again. And of course the end result, somehow. That last part with the fingers in the armpits and from there on. That, I think, impacts very much how I look upon it uh, in retrospective also. But it went so easy. It it went a whole lot easier than what I thought. It went a little, maybe too fast, uh, but still way easier than what I thought.
1: Do you think it would have made any difference if you would have had your mom uh, with you?
0: I think, uh, but not necessarily to the better. I, have, I would have wanted here, uh, if she was at home with me, that would have been great. Then I think that I could have managed without uh, an epidural because then I think I would have uh, accepted it, uh, found a way to breathe, if I could just have stayed in that bubble. On mm.
1: That on was what the, I was thinking,
0: if she would have been with you from the
1: start, mm. uh, if you think that would have changed anything for you.
0: Yeah, I was a bit in the birthing room uh, in my mind when you asked. So that's yeah, what I, yeah. I pictured there. I don't think uh, she, she no, should No, you had all
1: already left that, you know, um, comfortable zone that we actually can be in when we give birth, when mm. you enter that room, because you were in that panic mode from the car ride. Mm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but no, maybe in
0: that room, you maybe she would just have annoyed you. <laughs> I think I would have felt very much like a child, mm. because she would have been there. Ah. Um I would have been a child and and heard the mother, but I was becoming the mother. Uh, And this, actually, I I had anticipated. Uh, In the beginning of the pregnancy, we talked about her being there and being an active uh, part in in the birth. But later on in the pregnancy, I came to realize that I had to do this by myself, uh, that I didn't want to feel like someone's child. And if I get to experience this again, I would very much like her to be there to talk to me. To roll on the ball, to embrace, to not panic, and to share the responsibility with me before entering the hospital.
1: It's good that you say responsibility because that it is a big responsibility when you're home. Mm. Um, it's for the partner, of course, but also especially for the woman because it's you know you are doing the job in in your body. When am I supposed to go into the hospital? Mm. And Mm. is this okay? Can I stay here? And I usually say that as long as you feel comfortable, as long as you feel safe and secure, you're good with staying at home. Mm. But you will get the sensation in your body, like, I don't want to have the responsibility for this anymore. I want to go to the hospital to handle over the responsibility to people that know what they're doing because that's the question I usually get from especially first-time moms. When do you know it's really time to go into the hospital? And I say, you will know. You will feel it. You will feel when it's time to either get pain relief or handle over the responsibility for the birth to someone that knows it better than you. Mm. (laughs) So did you know that you had this enormous
0: strength within you? Yes and no. But I didn't know that it was that strong. I didn't know how strong you had to be to give birth. But I never doubted that it was there, but I just didn't know the, the dignity of it. Mm. And I know you want to have more children. Yes.
1: Because we talked about that prior to recording. And uh, this experience that you have, you, has it changed the way you look upon you know, giving birth again? Uh, yes. And in what way would you say?
0: That it's manageable. And that it's going to (laughs) happen. Whether you want to play along or not, it's going to happen. So if there would be one advice
1: or wisdom you'd like to pass forward to the women listening, what would that be?
0: To prepare for everything. To try to stay as open-minded as possible. To try to gather evidence and knowledge about different scenarios. And to... Accept the fact that it will, the only thing that you know for sure is that it's not going to be as how you imagine it. There are many myths about childbirth. Mm -hmm. Is there a myth that you would like to kill in this podcast? Mm -hmm. To have a very long lasting uh, latent phase. Oh, that's a myth. (laughs) For me, it was. Or maybe the myth is that it's supposed to be a certain time. It can be, I guess, super long and it can also be super short. In my case, uh, that was a myth, that it was long.
1: Because that's what we usually say to first-time moms, that labor takes very many hours, mm. <laughs> and the latent phase is usually really long, mm. up until 20 hours, and yeah. Yeah. And for you, that was not the case.
0: No, so perhaps that's not very helpful to others who are <laughs> expecting, because in most cases, I guess that is the case. That's why why you're saying it. But in my case, it wasn't. With.
1: Yeah. I, well, yeah. I think no. I think it's very useful to hear it because uh, I met a good friend of mine yesterday, and she listened to the first episode of this podcast. That was the only episode she had time to listen to before giving birth, Anastasia's story, and Anastasia gives birth to her first child very rapidly, so fast that she doesn't have time to go into the hospital. <laughs> and my friend had listened to that episode, and she also gave birth to her first child, and things were moving on so fast. And she was finally realizing, oh my God, this is just like Anastasia's story. We need to go, or the baby will be born at home. And she had 90 minutes within hospital before the baby was born. 90 <laughs> minutes, so, oh, that so was very kept, helpful. You I know, think pre-knowledge about that it can take very many hours... Uh, but it can also be much faster than that. It can be however. <laughs> exactly. Everything is possible. And that's why it's so expect hard to unexpected. prepare. <laughs> yeah, because you need to prepare for so many different scenarios. But I think it's really wise what you say, like expect
0: unexpected. Mm. And not to be stressed about that. It's not about losing control. It's just to let go. Go with the flow. Go with the flow. Mm.
1: Oh, Emilia, lovely talking to you about birth. Thank you for sharing your story.
0: Thank you for having me here, letting me share the story.
1: I thank you for listening to this episode of the Positive Birth Story podcast. And thank you, dearest Emilia, for sharing your story so candidly. It was a true joy for me to hang out with you. And the best of luck with the big task you have ahead, bringing your second child into the world within very soon my experience as a midwife is just what Emilia describes for some women the epidural is the thing that changes the whole experience and allows you as a woman to return back to your body and it also allows the body to relax and dilate in the most beautiful way allowing the baby to be born in preparing for birth I always advise to have an open mind do what you need to claim a positive experience I hope you will come back for more episodes and bye for now